Hi, this is Bobby Corella. Skin Wade is my best friend in the whole wide world, and you are listening to Studio 41 Radio on 97.1 The Freak. Hello and welcome to the Corner 3 on Studio 41 Radio on 97.1 The Freak and the Mavs YouTube channel. Wherever you're listening, however you're watching, thank you for choosing to spend your weekend with us here at Studio 41 at Dallas Mavericks HQ. My name is Bobby Corella. Joining me today, as always, the great Kate Viaba. Hello. How's it going? Pretty good. I How got to you? ask you first. You did. I purposely <laughs> laid out this time. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's the end of a bit. But how was how how your day? How was your week, Katia? Day is going good so far. Week was nice. Supposed to rain a lot today. We record on Friday, so getting ready for, for the Mavs-Raptors game tonight. I got to bust out my galoshes for my trek to the arena. I'm looking forward <laughs> to it. You wear galoshes when it rains, right? Or is that a snowshoe? Hmm. Oh, are you asking me? Yeah. I, uh, oh, uh, I mean, I'm wondering I aloud, really. I just rain boots. Okay. Somebody's in their car right now, just hitting the dash. None of us know. How do you not know? Don't change the channel. We're talking Mavs soon, and to help us do that is the great Isaac Harris. Isaac, what's up? I'm just thrown off because you dressed her as Katya instead of Wednesday Adams. If you're not watching on YouTube and you're listening on the radio. Um, Kat's got a whole vibe today that she's dressed up. I thought it was some <laughs> special occasion. And, uh, no. She's like, no, I just, this is I just what felt like, I just felt like dressing up today. Some days, some days, you know, I have, I have an extra 10 minutes to pick out a cute <laughs> outfit. <laughs> oh, wow. uh, it's a great sort of variation of, uh, fashion that we have at the table <laughs> here is. today. I'm rocking the Mavs pride shirt. It's pride night at American Airlines Center. Katya, you're wearing the vest. Uh, you're decked out like a, a TV star. And Isaac, you got the beanie on, you got the jacket on, you're just vibing. Just vibing, straight vibe. Speaking of vibes, you know what kind of music vibes uh, really uh, intensely? (laughs) Jazz. And the Mavs played the jazz earlier this week. Now, of course, the Mavs just played the Raptors on Friday night. I'm assuming they probably won the game by at least 30 or 40 points. But Mm. I want to focus on the jazz game in this first segment because it felt like to me there were a lot of elements to that game that kind of uh, sum up things that have happened so far this season. It was also probably the Mavs' best win of the season, too. And so I really want to dig into that. Um, first, big picture, Dallas trailed by as many as 15 points in the first half. The Jazz led by almost 75% of the game. Um, through three quarters, they had held the lead pretty much the whole night. There were a couple lead changes early, but it was basically all Utah until the fourth quarter when once again the Mavs second unit came in and, and built a pretty sizable lead in the early part of the fourth quarter. And that's the number one thing. So we'll, we'll dive into specific uh, bench players, specific role players that stepped up and had really big games. But we've always talked about this team, and it's kind of this team is perceived to be the Luka show. Mm-hmm. You know, um, the Mavs just have to find a way to tread water without Luka. But for three or four games in a row now, it's been the bench that has really built leads. You know, the Mavs blew a big lead against the Thunder, but the bench built that lead. It was the starters that really struggled down the stretch. Uh, the Mavs bench built a huge lead against the Magic. The Mavs bench did the same thing against the Jazz. So it's these guys, Christian Wood against the Jazz. It was Dwight Powell. We'll talk about them later. Tim Hardaway Jr., Spencer Dinwiddie, Josh Green. When these guys have come off the bench and stepped into a game, especially in the fourth quarter, they've just been on fire lately, and that's been a huge reason behind the Mavs' success so far this year. Yeah, so um, I've been really liking seeing what uh, what's been coming off the bench. Um, seeing, I mean, obviously Christian Wood and Maxi 
together, I think. How did I really forget fun. to mention Max? Yeah, I know. But um, the big one to me has been Tim. And, you know, he said he's still kind of trying to find his groove. But to me, he's he's been looking pretty good. What do you think? Yeah. You know, that the fourth quarter there, um, you look at Christian Wood, even in the first half, struggled a little bit. Second half, played much better in this game. Uh, you're talking about the big picture of this game. I mean, it felt I was scared most of the game because, you know, Utah led for 35 out of the 48 minutes of this entire game, you know, this week. And Mavs only led by in 10 minutes of the game and they end up winning. But it was that and it you know you kind of have a I guess a good problem when you're trying to figure out who's going to close the game that that bench unit you know took the lead there in the beginning of that fourth quarter reached like that mid fourth quarter we're setting together in a press box and we're like who's he going to finish the game with because <laughs> you know Christian Wood was doing well uh some of these other guys Tim was in there but then we know he has this closing lineup that he likes with Maxie in there then Woody and Luca and you know the two can we say their nickname on his? Uh, <laughs> you can say whatever. This is the freak, man. <laughs> the two bang bros uh, out there. Why but wouldn't you be able to say that nickname? I don't know. Why okay. wouldn't he? Uh, maybe Chopper could help us out. But um, So anyway, yeah, I, I think it's, I guess it's a good problem for them to figure out, hey, do you ride the hot hand? We talked about it last week. But Christian Wood had a good, good time coming off the bench uh, in the second half in the Jazz game. I think the difference between starting players and bench players is because you're, as a, as a second unit guy, you're coming in the game playing like eight to ten minutes straight, mm -hmm. and then you sit down for the rest of the half, and then you come in again and do the same thing. And so if you have a rough night, like Tim, for example, had a poor shooting night against Utah. Christian Wood was great, but the game before against the Magic, Tim was awesome. Yeah, and that's, the, that's the game that I was thinking of. Yeah, I totally got the two flips. Yeah, but if you, it's okay if you have an off night every now and then, yeah. you know, as long as you make it up the next game. Yeah. And so it feels like between those two, Josh Green's been a, a pretty steady shooter. We'll talk about him later too. Uh, and then whatever you get offensively from Maxi, you know you're going to get really good defense from him as well. You know, you don't need all of those guys playing great every single night because you know that Luke is going to have a good game. You know Denwoody's going to give you some production. Shooters are going to score, all that stuff, whatever, whatever, whatever. You just really need at least one of those guys to pop off. Mm -hmm. And they have they've just been taking turns destroying other teams benches these last the last week or so. You you mentioned um, one of you guys mentioned a little bit ago at Maxi and Christian Wood together. And I was looking at that pairing because I was talking to somebody before the game uh, before the Jazz game the other night. And were you doing some reporting? <laughs> no, oh, no, <laughs> no, no, no. And we were talking about, you know, portion of the fans wanting Christian Wood to start. And that person was like, hey, well, if, if they want Christian Wood to start, then they got to figure out a way for Maxi to start, too, because. Dallas really likes Maxie and Christian Wood playing together. So I was looking up just some of their numbers, just some net rating stuff. So there's nine uh, three-man units for the Mavs that have played over 70 minutes this season so far. And out of those, only three of them have a, have a positive net rating of at least 10. And all three of those three-man units have Christian Wood and Maxie in it. Oh, wow. Um, so it's Christian Wood, Maxie, Tim Hardaway. Christian Wood, Maxie, Luca, Christian Wood, Maxie, and Josh Green – 74 minutes together plus 25. Why Why three. do you think they work as a pair? Well, it's kind of what you said a little bit ago. It's like Maxi kind of makes up for Christian Wood's deficiencies on defense. And in a way, it's like Christian Wood is a little bit more of a creator, can get his own bucket compared to Maxi. They just complement each other really well in the front court. And I th it's something I'm looking at so far. You know, they played him and Dwight, Christian Wood and Dwight together just a little bit in the jazz game, but 
it's something I'm kind of monitoring moving forward. It's what's how many minutes does Christian Wood play on the floor without Maxi? That's what I'm looking at. Yeah, because Kazia coming into the season, you were kind of on it in the preseason. Like they're using him as kind of power forward. Yeah. That it wasn't. I, it was I had this vision Maxie of Wood being like the five. Yeah. The the lone big man. Yeah. But, uh, but Maxi defensively is kind of playing center. Offensively, yes. Wood is able to do a little more. And especially in that lineup, you have Maxi there for the defense, and then you have Christian Wood there for the offense. Yeah. So I think it kind of gives you the best of both worlds. Um, Christian Wood had a fantastic second half versus Utah. And um, Dwight Powell was a plus 25 off the bench. And so yeah. it's like, I mean, I know we're going to talk about that later, but just seeing the no, big. Let's talk about it right now. Let's talk about Dwight right now. Let's talk about it right now. Okay, <laughs> yeah. go ahead. Let's talk Start about it Dwight. Off. So you said plus what? 25. Plus 25. And he played what, like <laughs> 19 minutes or something? 18 yeah. and a half. 18. And now, you know, obligatory single game plus minus is a very irrelevant stat. Most of the time, mm-hmm. but against Utah, it was not. And this is not mm-hmm. taking a shot at JaVale McGee. It's not taking a shot at Christian Wood, who had a really poor first half. But you noticed a switch flipped as soon as Dwight came into the game against Utah. The energy changed. Are you bragging on Dwight? This is shocker. I, I, I love Dwight Powell. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you know, but I love Dwight Powell. The energy changed. The Mavs were scoring way more. They were getting way more stops, playing much more active. You know, it felt like not only in the first half was Utah out executing the Mavs to help build a 15-point lead, they were out working the Mavs too, beating the Mavs down the floor in transition, getting to the basket, really abusing the perimeter defenders, and then Dallas just couldn't find any easy offense at the other end of the floor. Well, Dwight is like the biggest source of easy offense ever because he never misses around the basket. And so he comes into the game, I think he only scored like eight or nine points or something. It's not like he like lit up the scoreboard, but... You felt his impact out there. And in Katia, to your point about plus minus, every single game this season that he's appeared in, now it's only four, but he's been plus seven or better in all four games. Plus eight, plus seven, plus 10, plus 25. In his 56 minutes, the Mavs are plus 43.8 points per 100 possessions whenever he's on the floor. I mean, they're dominating teams. And so... About to be five against Toronto. Reminder, we're recording this before the Toronto (laughs) game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, But, you know... I don't know, I guess we can talk about this later, because Spencer Dinwiddie gave a great quote about Dwight, so in Mm -hmm. the next segment we're going to touch on that, but um, I don't know if the solution is to start Dwight or give him more minutes or whatever, but when he's been on the floor, it's undeniable how how good they've been, how well they've played. Yeah, he's one of those guys that's been with the team for so long. I think he's still, is he still the longest tenured Mav? Yes. Yeah, Yeah, because I remember he was that last year, so I mean, math would have it, that he still is this year. (laughs) But he brings the energy. You can tell that even when he is not on the floor, he's still just like cheering on like all his teammates. Like he just and that kind of like positive energy, I think just is really contagious. And it does a lot for like team morale and like it brings them up. And especially in a close game like the Utah game where, you know, you go into it thinking like, okay. Well, Utah's good. Like, I, I know that like, we've been saying, like, this whole season, like, what's going on with Utah? But, like, they're actually really good. They have good, a lot of good players. But in a game like that where it's a close, like, one possession game, it's, like, that kind of energy is so important to keep, like, a positive mindset and to kind of just, like, push you, you know, over the edge. And to play said. with that energy on the floor, too, because he was able to collect a couple loose balls. Yeah. If you lose one of those 50-50 balls that becomes a steal and you go down and score but 
you know, maybe Dwight doesn't hustle as much. The Jazz recovery, kick it out, boom, hit a three. Dude, the man hustles 100% all the time. It is full energy all the time. Isaac, I know you're a a long-time Dwight Powell fan. I've, but I've came full circle on it. You know, I, it, he came, he came over in the Rajon Rondo trade. You know, we're going to. The who trade? (laughs) (laughs) The Jay Crowder trade. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But, you know, we're about to talk more about Dwight in a little bit, but. You know, he comes over, he's this athletic big. It's like, hey, let's just see what we have in, in Dwight Powell in that trade. And it's when they gave him the extension that I was like, okay, what what is he even going to be here? Like, does he warrant that extension? And now I've just come full circle on it because he's everything that you'd want in a, in a vet on a team. And, I mean, I, I'm going to reference a few quotes. And I, I talked to him on the phone last year for this for this feature story. And just talking to different players and teammates, I gained a whole different respect for him of, I mean, you can't find anybody that will say a bad thing about Dwight in this whole organization for the most part. But, you know, Jason Kidd, you're talking about energy uh, after the game, after the Jazz game the other night, uh, he was talking about Powell's energy and he lumped Josh Green into that too. He's like, those are our two energy guys. Like they, and you can see, you can tell it. And it's not a knock on the other guys, but you see Josh on the floor, you see Dwight on the floor. They just pop just a little bit more because. As weird as it sounds, like trying is a skill. Like I mean, uh, it is hustling is, yeah. is a skill, and they both do it. And he's gonna get hit in the face. He's gonna get you know scored on down low sometimes, but it feels like he makes up for it for the hustle, the diving, and he just brings something. He's just better than Javel right now. Like, and that is something that I didn't expect. I thought Javel was gonna be a little bit of an upgrade. Mm-hmm. I was wrong on that so far, and we're seven games into it. You know, before this Toronto game, but. Um, do you think that because Dwight has more experience playing with some of these players than JaVale does that that has an impact on it? Can I, do I need to be nice? <laughs> I mean, Bobby? I, I, think <laughs> it's, uh, I think it right now it looks like JaVale is a little bit slower. It looks more of a, hey, he's an aging vet compared to a I'm confused on the floor type thing. That's it. And fans can disagree with that um it just it feels like it's more of that than it is confusion to me but hats off to Dwight because he was very clearly replaced this summer mm-hmm. and like Dinwiddie says we'll talk about it he started in a Western Conference Finals game and then there's quotes after that game from Nico and everything it's like yeah gotta get better down low basically and yeah. rebounding and stuff he gets replaced by a guy that's older than him and he comes back this season, busts his butt, and now in these games, like he's showing, he's like, "Hey, what about your upgrade?" Yeah, effort is a skill, and Dwight plays with that every night. Yeah. And yeah. the reason you know effort is a skill is because not everybody plays at that same pace with that same jolt of energy mm-hmm. all the time. Yeah. Um, Christian Wood and the second half of that game, and in the second half of some other games, you know, you think back to the opening night on Phoenix, he was awesome. You know, had that 16-0 run or whatever. He really came alive in the second half against Utah, which is important because for a few games there, he was kind of like, you scoring like five points, mm-hmm. playing like 19 minutes or something, you know, like really not much of a factor uh, in the game plan and offensively or whatever. But against Utah in the second half, dude completely came alive. He had 19 points in the second half, uh, scoring in a variety of ways, transition, putbacks, pick and roll, but also in the post. And I, I think that post-up play generally is inefficient. Um, that's not a... Rick Carlisle would agree. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's an objective fact. And I also think another downside of running too much post-ups in your offense is it really creates a lot of, like, 
get a screen, force a switch, and then like everyone kind of stand around and wait to make the perfect entry pass. Uh, swing it around the perimeter for 15 seconds trying to dump it down to the guy down low. And so you know it does lead to a lot of turnovers, a lot of wasted time. But would this season, 10 of 13 on post-ups. That's really, really good. Yeah, that's pretty and so efficient. so when they've been able to get the ball into him, he scored almost every time. And, and that was a huge factor, too, against Utah because that second unit might hurt for playmaking. But if Wood is able to create his own shot in isolation or out of the post, then that really helps you overcome that, that need. Yeah. I think, um, like, our best post-up player was obviously, like, Dirk. You know, like, that was, like, a huge part of his game. And they kind of wanted to bring KP into that type of playmaker style kp wanted to be in that too yeah he i mean he that's that was the ga the game that he was trying to play right and so um i think seeing someone who can do it effectively even though it's not at a high clip is is nice to see because i mean you want to have all sorts of different ways to attack the basket so and, and speaking of kp i think the mavs can do a little bit better of a job of getting christian wood touches closer to the basket because I even tweeted out the other night I was like, I'm getting KP flashbacks of there's too many times in my opinion that Christian Wood's getting the ball and it's like 27 feet away from the basket and you know he's he's better off the dribble than KP but mm -hmm. I don't know if I want Christian Wood trying to create an ISO most, most of his possessions like get him some post-ups get him like around the elbow let him do some stuff around there so yeah I mean like you said he's efficient in the post. Some of that is on the second unit guys to play through him, but also some of that mm -hmm. is on Luca too, who acknowledged like we I yeah. got to get him more touches, and we saw Luca feeding Wood. You know, it wasn't just Wood getting all his touches when Luca was on the bench. Luca was making it a point to get him involved in the second half, and yeah. that is, you know, it's a really useful trick when you have a six eleven guy that can score from anywhere on the floor. You know, it's a it's a pretty nice cheat code. Yeah. Um, all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you guys a little pop quiz. This is the Mavs' fourth quarter, fourth quarter shooting percentage mm. in their last five games, not including Toronto. Guess which games they won and guess which games they lost. All right? 57.1%, yeah. 47.1%, 39.1%, 50%, and 36.4%. Which games do you think they won and which games do you think they lost? Did you do those in order? Most recent to most... Distant, <laughs> unrecent. I don't know. <laughs> I'm gonna play into your bit and say they lost the games they shot in 30 percent. Katya, do you agree or do you think Isaac is full of Bologna? <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna just for funsies take the opposite. Oh wow, uh, Isaac, that was a good guess. It Ooh. was, a, it was a good guess. They, they did win the three games where they shot better than 30 percent from the floor. Okay, <laughs> when, when they shot below 40, they were 0 and 2. <laughs> And that is... I'm just trying know. to disagree here. Well, I was like, he's either... We've had commenters say, <laughs> we need some debate. I was like, he's either zagging really hard or this is just a layup. Yeah, but yeah. it was a layup. <laughs> it was a layup. It was, but I disguised it. I, uh, hopefully I disguised <laughs> it. But, you know, basketball is much more complicated than just hit all your shots. But is it really? I mean, is it really that much more complicated? You score more points than the other team. Yeah. You win. And, like, think about it. They were <laughs> up 16 on OKC, you know? Like... If you just hit a couple, sh it's it's almost impossible to blow that lead. Is this where I also say you hit a couple free throws? Oh, I did look up some clutch stats. I can't talk about free throws. <laughs> <laughs> you know who's leading the league in uh, clutch clutch points per game? Isaiah Joe. So. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> <laughs> a one GP. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
got to hit your shots. Uh, one other good thing is uh, in each of their last three fourth quarters, they've only had one turnover. And so you're not oh, giving it away. Taking so care of the ball is yeah. super important, especially in those close games, because if you turn the ball over, you're giving the team an extra possession. And so. And without yeah. Brunson. That's yeah, that's key. Who was yeah. kind of your most efficient? Yeah. yeah. All right. So quickly now, before the end of uh, of of this little segi, Katya. Yes. You came up and joined us in the press box for just a wee bit of time. Was that in the Magic game? Yes. Uh, that was your first time watching a game up there, right? Yes. Okay. So what? With the as someone that is that is sat now it was at the, fun. the highest perch in the building, what yeah. are, what are your impressions of the PB? I finally understand why you know basketball plays so well <laughs> because you can see everything develop. Yeah. Like. Where I was like, normally I sit in the lower bowl, and so it's just very like... Flex. That was a flex. That is a flex. <laughs> <laughs> it's very like, okay, you can see the action, and you can see like the cool, you know, like explosive plays and stuff like that. But like, I was sitting up there with Bobby, and I was just like, oh, okay, like I see what what's going on. Like, it really just like, it was really cool. You can see things happen yeah. like before they happen. Yeah. Kind of, you know? Yeah. Cat's like, yeah, I mean, normally I'm courtside. I'm just kind of <laughs> no. distracted by the players talking. You can tell you see the vests on TV. Stop it. But I will be coming to sit up there with you guys more often because I feel yes. like it's, it's cool. And like, and I get to hang out with y'all. So, yeah. You know? yep. Isaac is a longtime vet of the press box. Uh, you've sat down low too. How does it compare? Can no, you, yeah. You know? I mean, Nick makes fun of me all the time because I choose the press box over the... There's another media... I saw know, Nick. Yeah, yeah. There's another media sitting area in the lower bowl that's kind of up in the corner, and uh, I just can't. I, I like the press box. I like chilling with you. I like the space, and you can see everything develop. And I, I think also you probably have some pretty good reactions because I do lose my mind every now and then whenever <laughs> something just really absurd happens. It's and like, we just rant to each other. <laughs> I mean, for so long I sat in the production truck, so just being in the arena is a huge change for me. Speaking of vibes, the arena's just got good vibes. Yeah, it's a good vibe segment. If the fans get there on time. You know, got to get there. Well, t Friday night's gonna be tough. It's gonna be raining. Um, all right, coming up next, we're gonna pour even more love on Dwight Powell with some help from Spencer Dinwiddie. So after that big Mavs win over the Jazz, Spencer Dinwiddie gave, in my opinion, one of the all-time best post-game press conference quotes ever. Again, I'm a little biased because I love Dwight Powell so much, but instead of hearing about it from me, let's just hear it from the man himself. Here's Spencer Dinwiddie. I mean, obviously he led us uh, in plus-minus with the plus 25, and I, and I said this on uh, uh, the radio as well. Um, having been a guy speaking about myself right now, that's played every role from 15th man up into second guy, right? Right around all-star level, all, anywhere in between. Dwight being a guy who started on a Western Conference Finals team, lost his job, is the first man probably, first, second, or third man in the gym every single day, lifts after every game, eats right, takes care of his body, doesn't drink, do does all the things um, that you should do as an ultimate pro, um, cheers the hardest for the people that play over him. You know, JaVale gets a dunk. He's one of the first people off the bench. Um, it's a extreme credit to his character. It is the hardest role to have in this league um, to know that you can play, to have started and had success and be relegated to the bench, not playing at all, stay ready, stay focused. And then when they call your number to have extreme success, whether it's stat sheet or not, so, you know, because sometimes he doesn't score or get a bunch of rebounds or whatever. Um, you know, I know Mavs fans give him a lot of flack for, you know, fouling a lot or falling on the ground and things like that. But the things that he does in terms of rolling every single time, regardless of whether he gets the ball, getting hit, getting hurt, you know, getting knocked in the face and all that other stuff, 
that is a gloryless job that allows guys like Luca and myself to be able to make plays because his rim pressure is what then gets the weak side to pull in so we can pass to Reggie and Dorian so they can hit corner threes or if there is a lob capability or it puts the indecision in the bigs mind so that we can get layups so in a lot of ways he's like that you know great left guard for a football team where you know Tom Brady is is getting all the you know accolades and endorsements but if that dude ain't protecting his blind side and ain't doing it every single time Tom Brady getting his head knocked off. And so DP is the ultimate pro. I have the utmost respect for him. And I hope every single Mass fan listens to this monologue and has a different respect level for DP. Because um, everybody's not going to get to shoot 20 times and score 30 points and do all the flashy stuff and dunk and stuff. Like, you need guys that do things like that and are ready every single time, every single day. He's probably in there lifting right now, to be honest. You know what I'm saying? I'm going home. He's lifting. So, like, that's, that's DP. What a quote. What a quote. I just want, I'm trying to figure out which arm I need a Dwight Powell tattoo on. <laughs> oh, I thought you were looking at your goosebumps because I, I'm just covered in them. Oh, man. I mean. You were in there when he gave it, right? Yeah, like midway. What was the reaction of like the press room? Well, like midway through it, I'm like, dang, I should have like broke out my phone for this thing. And I mean, we we're just all just watching it. And, you know, if if you can see the video, he's he's also sitting there with his like, hand on it like on the table like pointing at the table as he's talking and like i really want to make my point right here it's like if i'm like telling my son no not another bag of cheerios that you can eat (laughs) but it's just like it when teammates talk about dwight they get passionate about it they get excited about it because he is the the pro of pros and i thought it was really cool we're talking about a guy that hasn't been with him very long either in denwitty so Mm -hmm. I thought it was awesome. Now, Katya, if you remember back to uh, Media Day, mm-hmm. Spencer kind of gave a quote running down the whole roster. Yeah, he went to bat pretty hard for Dwight back then too. Yes, so he did. He, I mean, he basically said he gets a lot of hate sometimes, but like that guy is legit. Is Spencer on Mavs Twitter? I don't know. Do I think, think so. Because you he think Spencer has a burner? Do you think he's like pretty locked in on what? Well, he he even like referenced a little bit of like, hey, I want fans to know this. Like, he gets some slack sometimes, and I mean. I don't know if he gets slack for getting hit in the face. Like, it's just become a – and somebody asked him about it. It's like, hey, do you – y'all talk to him about getting hit in the face? And he's like, oh, yeah, it's like a joke. And, you know, I had fun with it. But um, I think – I've seen yeah. it as kind of like a – like, not a joke, but like, okay, Dwight Powell got in the face. We're winning this game. <laughs> like, it's like, like a good omen. Right, now we're, we're yeah, locked like in. Now, now. we're <laughs> – now yeah, it's yeah. happening. It has started. <laughs> I mean, it happened, what, three times in the OKC game, I think? Oh, my gosh. Or in the Orlando yeah. game. Like, he checked in and immediately just pow, pow, pow. To the face. Yeah. We should do something. <laughs> we should do something each week to where we have to like, I don't know, eat a certain amount of something for every, every time, time he gets hit Dwight in the gets face. hit in the face. Ooh, can we do slices of pizza? Chicken nuggets. I was gonna say Ooh, take. I, a, I was gonna nuggets. say take a shot, but I don't know. <laughs> oh, oh. Wow. Uh, <clears throat> chicken nuggets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, we are we are at our office right By now. By the end so of hour two, chicken nuggets. Yeah. Chicken nuggets. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love the chicken nuggets. No, I was like when we ate the McDonald's chicken nuggets, oh, and yeah. by the end of it, I was like, I need a nap. I hate chicken nuggets. Cat <laughs> needs a nap. Um, no, I really liked his quote just because it shows how hard of a worker Dwight is behind the scenes. Like he doesn't do it for the recognition. He does it, you know, for himself. Like he, Spencer literally says, "I'm going home after this." Dwight is probably lifting yeah. right now. Which to me, it's like, wow, you just went out there, you just played in a, in a 
a professional game and now you're gonna go and lift like that's pretty intense and also spencer why are you so lazy Huh? Oh, huh? come on. I mean, well, actually, I'll I'll say something about that. There, so Dwight came in to the press a little bit right after Dinwiddie, and they were talking. Somebody asked him about their friendship, and he's like, "Yeah," he said he, he bragged on Spencer a lot how he has just the utmost respect for him because they're the two like gym rat guys. He's like, there are different times that we're the last person on the court getting shots up, and he said, and we just give each other this look, and it's like, and Dwight made a joke. He's like. Man, I live here. And he said, the other, other one's like, no, I live here. My bedroom's over here. Oh, they're roommates. It, That's so cool. And it's like they have this thing. It's because very Kobe vibes. Yeah. they're Like, oh, you show up at this time. I'm showing up 15 minutes earlier because, yeah. 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 One gets there at 4 a.m. and the other one's like, okay. Dang it. Now i got to be there at 345. Yeah. <laughs> Just give it a break, man. Um, yeah, and it's, like you said, Katya, it's not like a, a public spectacle. No. It's not like a winner's work thing. Definitely <laughs> like the not. The no. Suns used to do it. Uh, he really j- does just enjoy the process. I mean, I, I'm i not on Instagram or, like, really on social, and so I don't know. But I, I don't think that I am on TikTok. <laughs> I, I love TikTok. She just um, started a TikTok account. I just account. started a TikTok, yeah. Oh, we'll never I'm not going to put that. it out there, though, because I don't want people watching my content. Don't you want to be an influencer? <laughs> no. <Come on. laughs> Oh, cat's corner. <laughs> oh my goodness. Anyways, uh I don't think I don't know, I could be wrong, but like does he post a lot of like gym No. IGs? He doesn't post anything? a lot of anything. He does Bobby's like, I know I have a I, I know he probably like posts like outfits and stuff. Yeah, he's he a big dre- fit poster. I like that. Yeah. I like that. He's a big time fit poster. Oh, he's like best dressed on the team. So I, I get it. Tim, I feel like would have something to say about that. I think it's a pretty good competition. They have very different I should Tim say yes. is very like street yeah. fashion, and Dwight is just very—he's like suit, like very dapper. And Dwight's got I, mean, the I could have a whole segment like breaking a, down the team. Dwight would like wear really Dwight, about Dwight, would, I did. Dwight would wear like what you're wearing with big glasses. Yeah, too, you know, he yeah. goes for like a—not that that's a nerdy look, but like <laughs> he'll wear like he a nerdy sweater. To, he yeah. commits he to the look, in. and and like I respect that. I think that's awesome because I just I think. Uh, fashion is like a way to express yourself, and I think he he just does so well with it. Yeah. I I literally could have a whole like this might be have to be a cat's corner. Maybe it should be. We have a lot of segments to fill. Yeah. M- meanwhile, Luca, well, I love him, but he literally just shows up in like his like own like sweat. Whatever. Usually <laughs> three gear. It's Jordan all, yeah. yeah. I dress better than Luca. Now Dorian has some fire fits too. I will say, Dorian's a little superstitious about his outfits. Because one time in Chicago, I was like, dang, Dale, that's a fresh fit. He goes, yeah, but we lost, so I can't wear it anymore. <laughs> I was like, dang. Oh. Yeah. Oh. So one reason why I think, Katya, you brought this up in the in the last segment. It said, is the fact that Dwight's been here for so long, does that give him any type of you know, advantage compared to like JaVale or Wood mm-hmm. or some of these newer guys? Um the other night on stream, so after the Mavs beat the Jazz, I went live on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Dallas Mavericks. We stream oh. a couple times a week over there. Please follow the channel if you're I into Twitch. I didn't get an invite. It was like, I didn't go live until almost midnight. I still didn't get an invite. Were you awake? No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. So there you go. Um, I did some research live on the internet and found that since 2018, that's what Luca's rookie year, Dwight has set more than 3,000 picks for Luca in games. Wow. That's just in the regular season. That's much playoffs, preseason, wow. practice, all that, that stuff. So Dwight knows all the steps. He knows what happens if the defense is showing, trapping, blitzing, hedging, dropping, icing, 
whatever they're going to do. Is it, a, is it a little guy? Is it a big guy? Is it a wing? Uh, is Luca going to his right? Is he going to his left? Does he want to rescreen? If so, what angle does he want to rescreen? All that stuff. Like, you could turn the lights off in the gym and or blindfold Luca and Dwight. I guess if you turn the lights off, you don't need to blindfold them. You mm. still could do that for added sort of impact. And they would still be able to get buckets. Like, they just know where each other is and where each other wants to go and wants to be all the time. And I think that is a huge advantage offensively. Now, defensively is a little different, obviously. But there's probably no player, with the exception of maybe Dorian, because they've played a lot of minutes together, yeah. too. There's probably no player in the NBA with a better understanding of what Luka wants to do than Dwight, just because they have worked together so much for so long. I mean, it was before the Jazz game uh, the other night. I was talking to David Locke, play-by-play guy for the, you know, Utah Jazz, and we're sitting there courtside before the game. We're talking about it, and he's like, man, are the Mavs good this year? What are they? Blah, blah, blah. And, uh, he Did said, you throw it back? Hey, why are the Jazz so good this yeah, year? Well, <laughs> no, I just, I'm just kidding. I just love taking shots at their you know, the rebrand and their ugly jerseys. But um, Fonce is a little too big. I do <laughs> like the black with the yellow. I do like it. And But the first thing David said back to me, he said, the moment they, you know, they benched Dwight Powell, I was like, oh, they're going to be worse this year. And I was wow. like, wow. Oh, really? wow. And he was like, because he's like, I just don't understand. You have something that works so well with Luca and Dwight and Luca. He's like, why, 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 did they, why did they try to mess with that? Um, and that's some, you know, somebody that works for another team in, uh, that obviously travels and watches other teams all the time. Didn't Dwight have the most dunks? off Luca assist or what um, was it? What was the stat? Luca assisted Dwight more often than any other there player you know. last year too. Mm. And like all of Dwight's every time Luca passes Dwight, it's a layup or a dunk. Mm-hmm. Like it's a yeah. bucket. It's like like one three a week. It's all two, yeah. it's two points every time you give him the ball. Because yeah. w- once again, as we were talking about trying being a skill, it might sound dumb for some people, but rolling to the basket is a skill. There's so much timing and with Dwight that. Is and Dwight's so good at he's it. He's so good at it. He is an, an elite rim roller in the league. And, and you have to set good screens, too. Yeah. Otherwise, you can roll to the rim all you want. I mean, KP, I'm not trying to pick on the guy. KP's an unbelievable player, but he could never set the same kind of screens as Dwight can because Dwight yeah. is 6'11 and built like a truck. You yeah. know, When he screens you, like he cracks your ribs. You know, and that gives Luca that clean driving lane. Yeah, and if you go back and look, I mean, he's a pretty efficient shooter in, in in the restricted area. Like he has led the league, I think, a couple seasons. And when you see that, it's like you see like a shot chart of like Luca assists to him, and they're all. I mean, he'll have a game where he goes like seven for eight, and it's like all off Luca assists, just finding him in the paint, just rolling. So I mean. it's such a strong part of his game and i just think like it's so important to keep that in the in the mix so should he start then or should they go to javel i mean who should be the starting five is it maxi kleba christian wood i mean i know fans want wood to start like what is the you know and we're not trying to disparage anybody obviously you know but what what should happen here i said a few days ago and of course some fans got a little frustrated with me when i said i said Dwight Powell's closer to starting than Christian Wood is. And, yeah, I think you should start Dwight Powell right now. I mean, I go back to the same question. Is that because he knows the system, or is that because of the player that he is? Because you have to probably have time to gather information, right? Like, yeah. Because maybe in two weeks, everything just falls together for JaVale. And it he clicks, yeah. and then you know, he's like, oh, okay. He's I under get contract the for two more years after this. Yeah. So you, you want him 
you wanted to click. I think Jason Kidd referenced the 10 game mark a while back that he did. Yeah, some evaluate some things after 10 games. So we got a couple more games left before then. And I mean, in the games when if they've gotten off to a slow start or JaVale makes a couple mistakes or whatever, like in Brooklyn, for example, J Kidd pulled him after like two minutes. Yeah. You know, and he did the same exact thing to Dwight last year, yep. too, in the playoffs, you know, and sometimes even in the regular season. And so if you're the five, if you're a non-shooting big, whether you're JaVale, whether you're Dwight, whether you're even Rudy Gobert, if the offense is stalling because the defense is not respecting your ability to shoot or they're packing the paint or whatever, you will be the scapegoat. Mm-hmm. It's a very yep. thankless job being this rim-running five. And for as much love as we're pouring on Dwight right now, there was just as much venom, if not more, oh, yeah. aimed yeah. at him last season because of <coughs> it's not the effect that he specifically had on the offense. It is the effect that having a non-shooting big, non-shooting yeah. player yeah. on the floor had on the offense. And so sometimes, you know, if if the energy isn't there or if the spacing isn't there or whatever, the, you're going to be the reason or you're going to be the guy to blame, basically. And so that's JaVale right now. It's been Dwight in the past. It's it's a tough job. Yeah, I'm looking at some numbers right now, and uh, Dwight has only played four games. Uh, he's averaging seven points this season. JaVale, and he's averaging 14 minutes in those four games played. JaVale has played all, or he has played six of the seven games. He's only averaging 4.8 points per game, but he's only playing 11.3 minutes. Yeah. So, I mean, just because you're the starter and you're the guy that's out there, I mean, it doesn't mean that you're necessarily playing the big, the biggest chunk of minutes, right? So, like, Christian Wood has not started a game averaging 25.6 minutes a game, you know? So, I don't know. It's, it's tough, like, who, saying, like, who should start a game? I, I think the more important question is who should close a game. And neither of those guys, neither JaVale nor Dwight, will likely ever close a game. I mean, unless you're going up against like an Embiid or yeah. a Jokic yeah. or something. Like Even that, Maxie still. Yeah. I was going to yeah. say Maxie and Christian should be, you know, yeah. out there. Yeah, it's going to be those two guys. Or it could be Dorian at the five or Luca at the five. Dude, you know, I was like a huge fan of Dorian at the five <laughs> last year when they played that small ball lineup. I loved it. Lot, yeah, right. it was fun. But it was I great. mean, it's matchup. You know, it, it's matchup dependent, right? Yeah. Like you're not going to put Dorian at the five against uh, against Jokic unless you're desperate. Yeah. <laughs> unless you're re- now foul trouble. Like you don't know the situation yeah. of the game. I mean, I think they did it in a game against the Nuggets last year, but the Mavs were down like 15, and yeah. it was like throw caution yeah. to the wind. Let's try. We got to try because nothing else that we're doing yeah. is working. I, I want to give Dwight a little bit more love, too, because I think some of us can forget that it was just a few years ago that against the Clippers, he goes down and he tears his Achilles and r- ruptured it. And we're talking about a guy who li- makes his living off of catching out hoops and being yeah. this hustle guy and this energy guy. And it's like, will he ever be able to, you know, be explosive. that explosive guy again? Yeah. And it's like, you watch him now and it feels like it never happened. And it's like a testament to so. I uh, honestly forgot until you just mentioned it. Yeah, it, but it, it's yeah. just it's wild because a lot of his recovery. So when I, I wrote the story on him last year for Mavs.com, and I was talking to him on the phone about his recovery, and he was like, it was such a um, hard time for him because he loves being around his teammates, and much of his recovery was during COVID. And he said this line to me. He said, there were, there were parts of me that was wondering if you would ever play basketball again, if there would ever be a place for me anymore. There's a plenty of doubt in a five-month period where you can't walk comfortably. The memory of running, jumping, competing at the highest level with the world-class athletes slowly slips into the imaginary. You start to lose confidence in some of those things. And it's like thinking about 
him at that moment, that those like valley moments to where he is now and back at that level is so good. And even this quote when he's when he was talking about like what motivates him, it made me think about this offseason. Because I was asking, you know, we hear all the time about Dwight being a hard worker. And he said, there's always this awareness that there's someone right behind you waiting to take your spot. There's some kid in a gym in the middle of nowhere that is working his tail off trying to get your position. I need to make sure I'm trying as hard as I can to ensure I still have a place here, as well as maximizing the opportunities that I have. It's not really a decision to me. It's a non-negotiable. Wow. And it's like, that was, you know, that was last March. That was March 2021. And he's talking about, man, that's what motivates him. There's always somebody behind me that's going to be fighting, you know, waiting to take my spot. Now, he was talking about a kid then, this past summer, it was an older vet in JaVale. He always had that motivation. But can you imagine the mm-hmm. extra motivation he had this summer to be at the level he is now? But also the ability to, like, want to do whatever you can to keep that job, but then also not get toxic and not get pouty whenever it Mm-hmm. is taken from you you know yeah like i'm sure dwight is disappointed i'm sure you'd love to be playing 25 minutes a game and starting but the reality is that's not what they're asking from him right now and so can you buy in can you be okay with that can you still be a positive mm-hmm. force yeah and that is the that's the ideal trait of a role player right you have to be able to buy in no matter what your job is and there have been guys over the years with the mavs that have done it swimmingly dwight is one of them he's one of my favorite He's one of my favorite Mavericks ever. Yeah, uh, yeah, I agree with that. And there have been there have been others. So I wanna <laughs> I wanna just spread a little love to can, some of our favorite role players. Quick, real quick trivia question: Do you know how far away he is from moving into the top ten of all time games played for the Mavericks? He needs another thirty or forty, I think. I think it's like fifty-one. Fifty-one? Oh no, I like like fifty-one. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he might get there at this rate. He might get there if yeah. he's as well. He'll pass Mark Aguirre and move. Oh, wow. wow. Mar- move wow. into. Top 10 top all-time ten. games played for the Mavs. So I like it. Yeah. Anyway, favorite role players. Cat, who do you got? I mean, Dorian. Is Dorian considered? Dorian's oh, like 100%. a top five yeah. favorite Mavs yeah. ever, I think. I oh, mean, yeah. he's just oh, favorite 100%. Maverick ever, but yeah. Where's favorite? the jersey? Jersey. He's your favorite Maverick ever? Top, I said top five. Oh, okay. Top okay. five. Top five. You can say uh, the non-Dirk division, I guess, would be acceptable, but over Dirk? Oh no. <laughs> there are two people at this table who have a Dorian Finney-Smith jersey. Can you guess who the third one, or the the person who does not? Bobby. He's like, I said impressed, bro. I can't wear a jersey. <laughs> I'm not a big jersey guy. I, do, I have a DeLon Wright jersey, though. Wow. Wow. <laughs> uh, Is Dorian, he your favorite role player? <laughs> no, no, no. Dorian. I, I, uh, other guys I love, Eddie Nahara, uh, loved his energy, big energy player. Um Dorian Finney-Smith, shout out to like Daryl Armstrong. Uh, I, I love DA. those like spark plug energy guys, the Josh Green players. J- JJ? JJ, yeah, J- I love JJ Barea too, but like I love yeah, the I guys that if the game is just getting away from you, you throw them out there and they are going to cause chaos. The Brian Cardinals, like I, I love the guys that, that they JJ change the like feel of the yeah. game. In like 2010-11. Younger JJ. Yeah, yes. young yeah. JJ yeah. for sure. Yeah. I put JJ on my list. I think it's it's JJ and Dorian at the top for me. Um, Deshaun Stevenson. Mm. Oh, that's a good <laughs> Iconic. one. Uh, Iconic. Love that guy. Um, Devin Harris too. I Man, I, lo- I love the Devin um, JJ pairing. The backdoor cuts. And that was so fun. No one's gonna say this guy's name just because he didn't play her a super long time. But man, he was just a lot of fun. 
Sala Mejri. I just got oh. I just want to give <laughs> Love Sala. The Mej. Just everything. Him and Rick together, the the, <laughs> box, the amount of times he got into it with people and <laughs> It was just a lot of fun to put in a game. I love Solid Baller. Shout out Brandon Wright, too. Another great one. Oh, yeah. Uh, coming up next, we will talk about uh, a current Mavs role player who's playing well, Josh Green, right after this. Welcome back to our number two of the Corner 3 on 97.1 The Freak. My name is Bobby Crella, joined by Kati Vialba and Isaac Harris. Is Josh Green a good player? Let's discuss. Wow. <laughs> Okay. Well, is he? <laughs> is it weird? I think so. I think he's coming into his own this year, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Is it weird that I think he should get more minutes, but I still don't know what he is? No, that's not weird. I think that's fair. Do you want him to get more minutes so that you can find out what he is, or because you like what he is right now? I just don't, I just don't know. I don't know what his role is moving forward. I don't. There's not a comp out there that I'm like, oh, yeah, that guy. And... But he does good things, and he brings energy to this team. So I'm like, yeah, let's give him a few more minutes. I think the comp coming into the year that everybody went to, and now this is like, this is pie in the sky. Obviously, if you say Iguodala, I'm closing. Yeah, my well, that's the one. That's the one, and that didn't necessarily come He's from gone. me. I mean, I I compared him to that sort of player because I viewed him as a guy that struggles with his jump shot, but that can really pass. Mm. This year. The passing hasn't quite been there, but the dude's been money from three. Yeah. And so it's like, well, if the ball handling and ball security and playmaking can come back and he can shoot threes like that, well, then he's he might not be better than Iguodala, obviously, but like he's different than Iguodala. So I agree. There really is not really a comp. Would you say that he's one of those guys that isn't like sometimes isn't on the stat sheet but makes mm. a difference in the game? Because yeah. that, you know, that could also be... But he did show. I mean, against what what game was it where he hit three threes? Was that the Brooklyn game? Let me check. Or was it the Pelicans game? Was it on a loss? <laughs> I mean, if you know, if he keeps taking those shots with convictions, Brooklyn game. Brooklyn, yeah, the Mavs won. So th thank you, Josh Green. But if he keeps taking those shots, then it will show up in the stat sheet. You know, it felt like last year and especially his rookie year. You know, he didn't play much or whatever, and he would come into the game and maybe get like one steal, have one fast mm -hmm. break dunk, yeah. one rebound. But this year, like, one of the first games of the year, he had, like, five rebounds. You know, a couple games, he had a couple threes, um, you know, scoring quite a bit. He had a couple steals. I think it was in the Magic game or maybe the maybe the Thunder game where they lost. He took a couple balls coast-to-coast -coast for yeah. dunks. I mean, like, he is starting to, to not only play with energy, but his production is beginning to kind of match that, too, which is – that's really exciting. What did Nico say Michael Finley said about him? Uh, MVP of the summer. So he put in work. I yeah, mean. and you can see it in his shot. Like, yeah, you can. The stats back it up, but the I, oh, I hate doing the eye test versus stats and all that. But like, it does look more comfortable. It, he looks more confident in his shot. There's yeah. not. It felt like before there was like this hesitancy. There was this like kind of hitch type of thing. But now it's just it feels like a smooth jump shot. There is a couple times where you see it, and he's like, "Should I shoot it?" And then he passes it, and I'm like, yeah. "No, just shoot it. You just gotta shoot it. You just gotta get through it." And, and Dwight. Dorian used to do that too. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. and, and Dwight was asked um, about just like leadership. Uh, I think I think it was Callie who asked him about his relationship with with Josh. And Dwight, uh, paraphrasing here, talked about his advice to Josh about just slowing down, just like slow down, you'll you'll be fine. Because he does. He, he I kind of compare him to the um, if we played high, if we played high school basketball and stuff. You you had this. Uh, some teams had the high school football running back that also played. 
you know, <laughs> basketball, and you kind of just like unleash them on the floor, and you're like, hey, you're just going to knock people down. You're going to do some fun things, but just go out there and just be an athlete. That's the kind of vibe I get with Josh Green mm-hmm. sometimes. Like, you just kind of unleash him. But he has all this energy. His minutes is on-off minutes. So uh, minutes for Josh when he's off the floor, 235, a negative net rating of m- minus three. Now, this doesn't tell everything. In the 111 minutes that Josh Green's on the floor, plus 29. <laughs> oh. Wow. <laughs> per 100 possessions? Uh, this is off PVP stats. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. Per 100 yeah. possessions. Yeah. Holy moly. Defensive rating when he's on the floor in those 111 minutes, 94 uh, when he's off. So he has appeared in every game this season, and in every game, I know we like we always say we don't really look too much into plus minus for individual games. So yeah, he's yeah. been he's been in the plus every single game. His lowest was a plus one, but he's had a plus twenty four, plus eighteen. He's Jeez. having I mean, a positive impact. That, yeah, yeah, like it doesn't yeah. tell everything. One hundred percent. And so then to go back to the shooting, sorry, uh, career thirty four percent three point shooter this season. He's shooting at fifty eight percent. Woo! So best shooter in the NBA. So how do you go from <laughs> you know 15 minutes a game to like 25 or to 20 or to 30 like what logistically speaking how does Jason Kidd get him more minutes because he said I got to try and find a way to get him more minutes but you got a bunch of other wings too so without just straight up benching somebody how does he get more I say you just try to skim the surface of Tim Dorian Reggie and just take a few minutes off each if we can preserve Dorian and Reggie a little bit more throughout the regular season to save them for the playoffs, mm-hmm. let's do it. Because we all seen the minutes load that Reggie and Dorian had in the playoffs, mm-hmm. 45, 46 minutes a game, you know, stuff like that. So if Josh, if Josh can take some of those minutes in the regular season and it doesn't come at the cost of wins and it preserves Dorian and Reggie for the playoffs, let's do that. Do you think it's like game dependent? Like, oh, okay, like we're up by X amount, like. Maybe. Maybe. I mean, the way that they've been getting up by X amount is by having him on the floor. So. <laughs> you know? So it's like if you want to win, I don't know, maybe you need to play him. I don't I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, I'm I think I'm with you, Isaac, though. The the fewer minutes and not in a bad way, but the fewer minutes that Tim, Dorian, Reggie play, the oh. better for everybody. Because yep. in order to get to the finals, you gotta beat three teams and then you also have to be able to beat the team in the finals too. And if you run for out sure. of gas yep. in round two, then you're not gonna make it there. Yeah. Um, okay, so let's let's look ahead a little bit to maybe some of these games where Josh Green might get more minutes. Um, the Mavs games this upcoming week. Brooklyn, boy, Ooh. that is a team that <laughs> we said, you know, last week on the show, we <laughs> yeah. said, who knows who will be there <laughs> the next time. Well, guess what? Steve Nash isn't there. <laughs> so. Steve won't be there. Kyrie. Kyrie won't be there. Ben Simmons might not be there. Who knows about Ime Udoka? I have no idea who's going to be there. So we're, <laughs> we're 48 hours out from tip-off. We have no idea Seth Curry. what's going to happen. <laughs> I have no idea. It's j- I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know. Um, Orlando, that's a team that on Thursday night got a big win against yeah. the Warriors. Mm-hmm. And we're going to talk about what's going on in Golden State a little later, too. Another 20-point game for Paolo. Yeah. Uh, that's your guy. Road, road, back-to-back at Washington, who's playing great. KP had a huge game the other night and another win. It's and the beard. It is the beard. <laughs> and then Portland. That's on November 12th. That's in Dallas. Portland's still playing really well, even without Dame. They're still winning games. That is City Edition Jersey debut Let's night. Let's go. Your boy's going to go mustache and glasses again. I'm going to I'm gonna bust out the real weird look for one day and one day only. Guys, You're going Bobby, back with the mustache? I'm going back. <gasps> Why do you think I'm letting this grow? It's not oh, because it's November. Go. Bobby flexed on us on the, at the game the other night. He wore the coolest T-shirt, and I was like, 
dude, where did you get that shirt? And he's like, I mean, it just it's not even for sale. It was an exclusive. It was, just, it was, an, it was exclusive an exclusive, baby. Was I that from City? It was like the three the three basketballs at Dallas Basketball Club. Yep. Yeah, yeah, it was awesome. It shirt. was sick. It was sick. Um, so you know, Brooklyn has won a couple games. But uh, they're also. <laughs> we're recording this on Friday. They're two and six. They yeah. have won, so a they've won a literal <laughs> couple of games. They've won a couple, like I said. Uh, Washington's playing great. So, despite, you know, I, I don't know record wise, you know, Brooklyn and Orlando are in the gutter. Washington and Portland playing great. But I think Orlando is trending upward. Brooklyn, even with no Kyrie, Katie is still an absolute monster. Oh, yeah. And so, this is going to be a pretty tough week of basketball. So, other than winning every single game by at least double digits. What are you looking for? What are you hoping to see from Dallas over the next week or so? I I want to see I want to see more um solid like rotation. You know, it, I feel like it's still in those 10 games where J-Kid was like figuring it out, but I want to see more solid rotations and the guys getting in more minutes with like their set less experimentation, squad. more Yeah, 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 like more of like a steady this is, this is kind of what it's going to look like. My number one thing is I want to see s- aggressive Spencer Dinwiddie. Let's, you know, he had 20 shots the other night mm-hmm. against the Jazz. Um, he finished with 20 points, but that, I mean, he's shooting the ball really well from three. His numbers look really, like, if you comp them to, like, Jalen Brunson's last year, it's like, oh, okay, that's, ooh, that's not, you know, you ooh. look at just some of those numbers. <laughs> that's exciting. But, <laughs> but it's like... <laughs> You know, he's shooting like 43, 44% from three, you know, so far this year. But I just want him to be more aggressive. I feel like he he gets into his head a little bit sometimes of just trying to, all right, I got to be this point guard, floor general, but also I'm a scorer too. We need him to be the scorer. And, uh, yeah, I just want him to get the shots up and be aggressive. He's been really good at getting to the rim too. Even, yes, you know, yes. Luca yeah. drives more because he has the ball in his hands more. But Spencer has probably been even more effective beating guys one-on-one than Luca, which is really saying something because Luca's playing like a god. But both of those guys are living at the rim. The Mavs have taken over 30% of their total shots this year from the restricted area. I mean, we've barely yeah. talked about Luca. Luca yeah. has had 30 points in each of his first seven games, and um, that is the most consecutive games to start a season with 30-plus points since Wilt Chamberlain. Wilt, yeah. baby. He had 23. I could do now, of course, Luca scored 60 against the Raptors on Friday, so that streak is now sitting at eight. <laughs> Uh, so, you know, maybe he'll extend it this upcoming week, too. All right. Oh, City Edition, by the way, real quick announcement about the City Edition. The video that uh, our coworker Andre Robinson, you've heard some of his work on Andre, this program before. Andre uh, directed and, and basically this whole video was his idea. The video announcing and debuting and kind of revealing the jerseys is going to come out on November 10th. So that's Thursday. November 10th. Let's go. It's going to be a sick video. Ready. It's awesome. You're going to see Bobby. I've seen a couple edits of it, and it is. Woo! It's good. I'm excited. I'm yep. so ready. I'm so ready for my bank accounts to go down. Me too, next man. Next weekend. Me too. I, I, don't get, I don't get, you know. Uh, You're not a jersey guy. You're going to buy I don't get jerseys. jerseys. <laughs> yeah. I get everything else, though. You're going to get Hoodies, merch. jackets, tees, long sleeves. I'm not a hat guy. I'm going to say you don't do hats. I'm not a hat. Y'all both wear hats mm-hmm. from time to time. Although you're usually the salad hat. Do you wear other hats or is it all I'm a dad hat? hat person. Okay. What's the what's the size of like fitted hats do you wear? Most fitted hats don't fit me. 
like eight. I got a very long <laughs> I head. I got a very <laughs> wide head. It is not easy to find hats that'll fit me. Oh, they, there's a hat in the hanger that will fit you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what Jalen I'm talking hat. about. Yeah. The Jalen hat. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. Hat. I think Jalen's dome is even smaller than mine. And, you know, that's, that's $100. saying something. What? <laughs> that's a lot of material. It's <laughs> a lot of material. My wife hat. would kill me if I walked home with that. <laughs> All right, let's play a game. Let's uh, do it. <laughs> let's play a game called Would You Rather. We're on the freak. It's time. It's time. <laughs> Would you rather? Chopper, can we do this for half a segment? <laughs> so, this is this is a, a Would You Rather mostly Mavs game edition. Now, some of this stuff will be not at the Mavs game, mm. but for the most part, this is what are you doing when you're at a game? All right. Now, some of these were Isaac's ideas. Some of these were mine. I don't know if you looked at them all. I hope some there are some surprises in here. Yeah. But I wanna I wanna be able to discuss. This is an open forum. Speak okay. your truth. Let's All go. right. So would you rather sit in the middle of the row or on the aisle? There's pros and cons to both. Middle of the row, you have to stand up less. Aisle, you maybe get a little more room. But you got to stand up for everybody. Aisle. I'm an aisle gal. Aisle. Yeah. Ooh. So you got. So you'd rather get up for every single person and families. Like, hey, I gotta go pee every like ten minutes. Yeah, because if you're in the aisle, you literally just like get up and like move. You're, it's not that's that awkward. Pro move. Yeah, yeah. True. you get up and you go on the step. You, it's not. It's not the oh, sorry. That's why yeah. I don't like. I don't like people brushing up on me. No, I'm like, yeah. Oh, I don't know. Like hands yeah. up here. Like I don't know. And like, <laughs> which way do you go? Do you? Oh, do you, as a guy, it's tough. Which way do you it's, make? It is, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's my question. I'm an aisle gal yeah. all the way. Excuse me, let me get completely out of your way. I'm not going to lie. It depends on who's sitting down. (laughs) (laughs) There's certain, uh, yeah, that I'm not going to front face and move forward. Do you front face or do you you turn your back? I usually will back up as far as I can. (laughs) And if I need to turn around, I'll turn around. I have been known to turn around from time to time. I think every <laughs> I'm an aisle person. See, my advantage as a through very as a very tall person is I'll just I'll find a path to where I can just step over seats to get to my. I'm always mortified that if I try that, I will just buzz. <laughs> oh, no, Michaela, do you hear that? He's very tall. All <laughs> right, all right, relax, <laughs> relax. Okay. I need to get more soap actually. <laughs> Would you rather sit next to a know-it-all or someone who's always asking questions? Oh, or like in front of some, you know, like what, sitting yeah, near yeah. these people. The no- Why are you laughing? <laughs> it's because the know-it-alls annoy me. <laughs> I know I can't do it. The the know-it-alls, the coaches who sit behind you and that just scream of like, "Why didn't you do blank?" It, I just can't do. It. I would rather somebody ask me why the basketball is orange instead of why or is the basketball orange? I don't know. I don't know. Color of a peach. <laughs> it's, it's an ode <laughs> to Doctor James Mason. <laughs> What did you say, Bobby? Uh, I don't really have an opinion. I it's been so long since I've sat in the crowd at a basketball game that I don't even remember what it's like. Okay, <laughs> if you had someone too? behind you, yeah, right. I would <laughs> I would rather someone not know because I think so long since I sat with peasants. Kids say the darndest things. I think yeah. funny questions are really funny. You know? Yeah, but what if it's like a grown adult yeah, asking questions? At That's least they, cool. wor- I, uh, they, they want to know. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Like yeah. I think I think someone asking questions shows interest. They want to learn about the game. Yeah. Cool, but then all of a sudden they're asking these questions to know it all. Especially like you can tell if it's sort of like a first t- to third date, and like one oh, of the yeah. people is not a basketball fan and the other one really is, and they're asking like all these rules, but they're like nervous to talk too much because they don't really know each other, but like yeah. they're trying to show interest in each other and doing that through basketball. It's always very awkward. I love it. I love it. Okay, would you rather be at a game 
when one player, say Luca, scores 50 points or when your team makes 25 threes? Oh, that's tough. A 50-pointer. I, I feel like there's like a buzz in the arena if like somebody's like trying to get to 50 or getting close to there. And there's like one. My So my mother-in-law lives in Brazil, and she came in. Gosh, she's been in a couple times over the past eight years we've been here. But one of the times she was in, her only Mavs game she uh, came with us to, we were playing Portland, and Lillard just went off. And still to this day, she talks about zero. <laughs> like that's, zero. Just, that's just what she calls me. How's zero? And she was in not too long ago, <laughs> and it's like, is zero still playing? <laughs> and uh, so, anyway, I don't know how many he had in that game, but it was a ton, and he went off. And, uh, yeah, but I like the 50-point game. I would prefer to see a 50-point game, but when you get that – the every three is going in game. It's, a party. it's so cool because yeah. you just see everyone just throwing up the German three and like, oh, it's so fun. And usually it means it's a beat down. A guy can score fifty and your team still lose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, but like twenty five is kind of a route. But that leads to the next one. Would you rather the Mavs win at the buzzer or by thirty? Would you rather them just if if they're playing a good team? Would you rather if them you're dominate there or in the building? Because for me it, that changes. <laughs> 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 um, if I'm in the building. At the buzzer, for sure. When, walk- when at the buzzer. Well, if they, if I'm, if I'm choosing, your question is if they lose. Yeah, right? no, 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 win at the buzzer. Oh, win at the buzzer or win by thirty? Yeah, against a really good team. Oh yeah, win at the buzzer. Yeah. But I'd rather lose by thirty. So you would you would rather lose by thirty than lose at the buzzer? Yes. What if they? So she could leave. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, you gotta stay. You gotta stay. There's no early exits here. You gotta stay the whole time. I would. Uh, it, other team buzzer beaters are such a like shot in the heart to me that I just like I hate those games. Have when was the last time I know it's happened? I know Steph has hit a couple really, really like last second shots. Yeah. Against the Mavs, Devin Booker hit Booker, one during yeah. the COVID uh, yeah. season. That's what I was thinking. I think KD had a real late game winner. But I'm trying to think of the last time an opponent hit a shot straight up at the buzzer. I think s- it was probably Booker's, right? That three pointer. So, yeah. Yeah. That did stink really bad. Yeah, I mean, uh, at that point, I'd rather just be down by 30 and just be like, all right, see y'all next game. What if, okay, what if instead of the Mavs, like, what if the Mavs are up two and they hit a three? Does it being tied and they hit a buzzer beater make it any better? Because it's like, if they would have missed, you still didn't have the game won. Yeah, that makes it a little better. Yeah, I think I'm the opposite of Cat because (coughs) there's games that the Mavs lose close games and I still walk out saying, oh, man, that was a good game at least. I try to, like, justify it and be like, of no. why I was here. I can't. <laughs> I was like, I I that was a good game. Like, the fourth <laughs> was really good, you know. I can't because I look at those games and then I, I go back on this because I'm, it's been so frustrating. But I'm like, if they just would have made three more free throws. That's yeah, true. That dumb turnover in the second quarter. <laughs> yeah, if they wouldn't have turned the ball over that one time. Dwight Powell. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> uh, would you rather spend a game dressed as and performing as Mavs man or champ? Do we have the skill set of Mavs man? Uh, no. Okay, then champ. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sign me up for champ. You don't want to try the trampoline? <laughs> no. Absolutely not. That is so scary. Just let me be champ and just run around. I don't have to say anything or do Just anything. dance. And yeah. I, one of my favorite champ bits <laughs> is during the national anthem, his mouth always moves yeah. along with the words. <laughs> I just think it's so funny. It's like the what singer's trying so hard, and then in the background, Champ is just like, <laughs> uh, I, I would rather be Mavs, man. Get me on the trampoline. Oh my God. I'm trying to have fun. Wow. Power Ranger. Uh, would you rather... I'll skip that one. 
Would you rather <laughs> go to an away gym? So, like, let's say the Mavs are in Boston. Would you rather go to Boston and root on the Mavs? Or would you rather your first time or this experience at this away gym for another team be spent rooting on the home team against a different opponent? Like, do you want to go into their house and beat them, or do you just want to, like, join the bandwagon for a night? Oh, no, I'm team Mavs all day. I will yeah. go. I will go into another. You want to go into visiting territory? Heck, yeah. Behind let's enemy go. lines? Are you, like, stand up and let them know, fam? Like, turn around and face the crowd like, hey, hey. I'm not, like, nah. that full on, but I definitely would be, like, cheering. I was in Golden State for those Western Conference Finals two games there. Oh, yeah. And there was this one guy who was that guy. And I swear the whole section just was I thought he was I never saw him again. So I was like, either they <laughs> ate him or he's just he just died. It's or it's tough to be that guy in that series because Golden State was beginning of that game uh, one or two that Mavs had a good run at the beginning and dude was standing up yelling at everybody. Oh and no. I'm like, bro, you better hope and it didn't turn out and I never seen him again, so so uh, do you want to be do you want to be visiting fan then or do you want I'll be visiting fan but I'm I'm not talking any trash. Just let me do my thing. Yeah, I wouldn't talk trash. Are I you wearing gear? Yeah. Oh yeah. For sure. Yeah, yeah. I need Oof, we yeah, need to get yeah. to those last ones. I'm too scared. All right. The final one. The super duper bonus. Would you rather have the whole press box to yourself for a game or you get to sit courtside next to me but the entire time I'm talking to you about Pokemon? I think I wrote something in the notes for this one. <laughs> Isaac, you said, quote, I'd get a Squirtle tattoo to sit courtside. Yeah, it, <laughs> yeah, I would. Um, I, will, I will listen to you talk Pokemon all day long courtside. It's one of my dreams to sit courtside for a game. I've just, I'm, obviously, I've never gotten to do it. So um, I don't care. I'm a flex. I got to sit courtside once, <laughs> and it was dope. <laughs> it was the coolest experience ever. And it was really funny because it was, um, I, it was at a New Orleans game, and I was sitting like right across the bench from because my friend had the courtside seats, and there was a, they had an extra one, so I went and sat. And all of a sudden, I just see like half the team look at me and be like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> and you're in a Pelicans jersey. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, they were Mavs fans, so we were we were. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Okay. That's cool. Yeah, I've never sat courtside, but I've sat in the down low, like the media seats. Oh yeah, yeah. it's pretty fun. Yeah. It's pretty awesome. If you can do it, definitely do it. You should also get a Squirtle tattoo regardless, Isaac. <laughs> Coming up next, Jaden Hardy with the Legends, and we're going around the NBA. It's the fourth quarter on the Corner 3 Studio 41 Radio. We're going to do our best Reggie Bullock impression and try to deliver down the stretch. First, we want to check in on Mavs rookie Jaden Hardy. He is going to be assigned to the Legends for their games Friday night and Saturday night in Austin against the Austin Spurs. Then the Legends have a week off, their home opener, next Saturday, November 12th. So presumably, I would expect Hardy to go up and down a lot. Not down as in like a demotion or anything, but I think he's going to spend a lot of time with the Legends. Playing time for somebody that age and, and that kind of raw, mm-hmm. you know, honestly, uh, is way better, I think, than, than just sitting on the bench with the Mavs if the Legends have a game. Tyler Dorsey and McKinley Wright the fourth also with them. So I think that's going to be the Mavs' plan for the foreseeable future. I think that's good, you know, just send them down so they can get actual minutes uh, on a court. I mean, regardless of what court it is, you just want to keep them active. You don't want them just sitting on the bench all season. Um, so, yeah. That's he got some run the other night. You know, he got a handful of minutes there in one of those games. Um, so, yeah, 
it, this is going to be the role for him this year. There wasn't a, you know, he had a lot. It was a lot of fun seeing him draft him, and he mm-hmm. has a lot of upside. He had that one game in summer league, twenty eight points, and we all freak it out. It's like having fun with it. But he's super young. He's super raw. It's going to take time. Everybody knows that. I think he knows it too. So let him get some run with the with the legends and bring him back up with the team where he can get that experience of being around the team. Yeah. You know, as as a professional and everything. And yeah, this is part of it. Yeah, and I think on nights when the Legends don't play but the Mavs do, Hardy will probably be with the Mavs. Yeah. So, at so Mavs PR is going to tweet a lot of transactions <laughs> this year. Just don't freak out. It's all part of the plan. He's a second-round pick, too. We have to, like, this is, I know right. there's some fans are like, oh, why are we, like, uh, it's like he's second-round pick. It's not like he's top ten pick yeah. in the draft. So, yeah, for I sure. Like, I like the, the Hardy party song that you guys yes. play. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty epic. I like to hardy party. <laughs> so hopefully the more minutes he gets to the Legends, we'll learn more about his game. We'll find out who he is. And it's still really early in the NBA season, but we're trying to figure out who a lot of these teams are. And so I got a big, long list of teams. Um, Isaac, this is, a, this is a your idea kind of thing. So we're going to ride your coattails here. I don't want to call it an identity crisis because some of these teams are really good. But one by one, we're going to try and figure out, is this really who you are? Okay. Is this really what your team is, what your team is capable of doing this season, or all your team is capable of doing this season? Let's start with the team that we just saw the other night, the Utah Jazz. Are they really good, or are they just off to a hot start? What's their, what's their deal? Uh, you and I talked about this earlier this week because I, I asked you the same question. I was like, what's going on? Like, are they actually good? But I think we came to the decision that they have really good players. They have really good players. Like, none of them are, like, a superstar level player. But when you have that many players that are just, like, good and, like, hungry, you're going to be a good team. That's why, you know, I was going to compare it to the Spurs, but even the Spurs are 5-3. and three, But you look at some, you know, a team that is supposed to, for lack of better terms, tank or not be good – you know, a lot of times it's just these young guys that they're just mm-hmm. trying to just like, hey, go out there and do stuff. Let's see who you are. Well, the Jazz aren't that. Like, they have guys that's been in the league for a bit. They have some vets like Jordan Clarkson. Um, so, but in the same sense, no, I don't think this is who they are. I, I think at some point they're going to, you know, you don't trade Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert and Royce O'Neal and let, you know, basically that core go without i mean there's a direction for them of like all right we do you think lo- they're top six at the end of the season no no no, no, no. Okay. i think they'll trade off people before they before they finish you think the they're gonna make six. more moves yeah, yeah okay yeah. if they make more moves yeah i definitely see them going in the direction that you think they're gonna go for yeah. sure they just have they're really interesting because the jazz the knicks there's some other teams too but it's those two teams really stand out to me that have like eight or nine good players they don't have any all-stars. I mean, Markinen is kind of playing like an all-star, but like they don't have any like the Defined guys. all-stars. Yeah, like yeah. bona fide studs. Yeah. But they have a lot of good players. Yeah. And it's an interesting, th- you know, for as long as they keep the team together and as long as they keep trying, as long as they keep winning or whatever, it's a really interesting test case to see how far a lot of talent, a lot of widespread talent, though, it's not concentrated. You know, you're digging a, a, a one-inch hole, but it's a mile wide. You know, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. How far that talent can take you, you know. Yeah. I mean, just looking at the Western Conference standings right now, it's like Phoenix number one. Okay, they're six and one. But then it's Portland five and two, Utah, Memphis, San Antonio, Denver, New Orleans, Dallas, Minnesota, OKC. Then the Clippers, then Golden State. A lot of teams. I, what? I mean, OKC is maybe kind of an imposter, but maybe not. 
They looked really good against the Mavs. I mean, and I, they beat yeah. the Clippers and twice. Shea is awesome. Yeah, Shea, Shea is, really is awesome. Good. I think he's so like fourth in the league in scoring right now. And yeah, and it, he makes it look even easier than Luka does. Dude is unbelievable. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I think it's gonna be tough for Utah. But yeah. How about a team that got off to an unbelievable start this season? I mean, they look like if not the best team in basketball, then awfully dang close. The Cleveland Cavaliers, the team that benefited from the Donovan Mitchell trade, mm-hmm. um, coming in the season, Katya. I think it was kind of like you weren't so sure how it would work. It's worked super well right now. Do you think that it's going to continue to work? Do you think issues will creep up? What is – is Cleveland here to stay, or are they just off to a good start? Um, I think I think it's for real. Um, I, my big thing going into the season was like, okay, let's see how Donovan Mitchell fits in, right, because he's a very, like, ISO-heavy guy. Uh, no, Donovan Mitchell is averaging 7.1 assists per game. That's got to be a career high. Yeah. So – Now, that's, some of that was without Darius Garland, but they're still right. winning without Darius Garland. They're still yeah. winning without Darius Garland. And I think Darius Garland just came back for one game earlier this week, so – We'll see how, you know, how they play together. But, I mean, 7.1 assists per game for Donovan Mitchell is shocking. And he's still scoring. 31. Yeah. He's averaging 31 and 7. Yeah, if I'm New York right now, I'm losing a little sleep over it. Of You know, they were in the talks to to get him, and obviously they didn't. And uh, I'm watching Donovan Mitchell kind of do his thing. And, you know, I think it was David Locke who pointed out – He's been playing a lot of point guard for Cleveland. Now, some of that's because of Garland, be, you know, Garland being out. I think he's only played two games. But, um, yeah, he's playing really good. This is who they are. I think yeah. this is who – I think they're going to be in the top six, maybe even top four. They lost their first game versus the Raptors by three points, and they've won every other game since. And they've won it. They've won them by – the Celtics was the closest one, went, went to overtime, was a – one point game, but other than that, it's been multiple possessions. You games. beat Boston. Boston was legit. I mean, yeah. I think Donovan said that uh, he has the two most dynamic bigs he's ever played with. It's true. It's I true. Mean, it it's is true. true. No, you know, those guys don't quite compare defensively to Rudy, but that's the other thing. Evan Mobley and Jared Allen are both excellent defenders. One hundred percent. And Karis LeVert is a very good two way player. Darius Garland obviously can go off for forty any given night. They have five guys. You know, and so if they just have relatively good health, I think they're a lock for home court in the East. I think it's yeah. dope to see them doing so well. I think, like, Cleveland, you've always just thought, like, LeBron, 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 and now seeing them do this, I think, is, is super cool. cool. Yeah. It's super cool. All right, how about the L.A. Clippers? They're 4-4, four and four, again, as of Friday. I don't believe that they played on Friday night, but 4-4 four and four with two losses to the Thunder. Their wins are against the Lakers, Kings, and two against Houston. So they've only beaten basically the three worst teams by record in their own conference. They play the Spurs Friday night. Oh, Friday night? Okay. Yeah. Um, they've only won Another against loss. the three worst teams. They've only they've lost to teams that are all up and down the standings. Um, Kawhi, in and out, mostly out. But I still, with or without him, I expected this team to be really, really good. It's been a pretty miserable start for them so far. I want to believe that this is – I mean, I want to believe this is who they are <laughs> because, you know, any time the Clippers nice can the lose, Clippers you know, yeah. that's, that's great. Um, I I feel like they're, this is not who they are, but the only, just because I'm a big believer in Ty Lue as a head coach. Um, I, like, I like him. Yeah, I like a lot of their roster. The only thing is just Kawhi. It's like, all right, he's already missed two games, or he's only played two he's games. He's only played two he's games. He's only played two games. Um I just don't. I don't know enough to really you know, about yeah. Kawhi's injury stuff to really talk about that too much. But that's the only part, though. But this is a team that even won last year without him. They, you yeah, know, they only 
they didn't make the playoffs because Paul George got COVID during the play-in. Otherwise, they're a playoff team. Yeah. You know? And it's wild that, you know, like Kat said a little bit ago, you know, the Clippers are down there 4-4, four and four, Golden State. <laughs> is, you know, we're talking about them. 3-6. So and, and, you know, we were just at Rollertown a few weeks ago, and, you know, it was Skin saying Clippers are the best team in the league. I was well, like, calling I out Skin. <laughs> I thought that <laughs> well, they Well, no, were I'm, I'm saying going back, I'm like, for me, it was the Warriors. I'm like, they're going to be the best team in the league. And I feel like a lot of people thought it was those two teams at the yeah. top of the West, and they're not doing it well. Yeah, so Kawhi's only played two games. In those two games, he is not shooting uh, great. Uh, 45% from the field, but only six, 17% from three. So uh, not not the numbers that you want to see. Um, and then John Wall, I, I feel like going into the season, I was very big on like, it's going to depend on how John Wall plays. Well, he's played six games for them, also averaging 12.5 points. Um, I don't know. I don't know. 12.5 points in 20 minutes a game. It's just not. That's pretty good off the bench, but missing Kawhi, you got yeah. a lot of points to make up. Yeah. You know? And Kawhi, obviously, defensive ace, too. You know, I mean, so you're, you're trying yeah. to fill two big holes yeah, on, sure. on both ends of the floor. Um, okay, another team that I expected to be incredible. Um, they're now, they've been bitten by the injury bug. Philadelphia 76ers, they're below 500 and going to be without James Harden for the next month. And so it's not even like we can say, okay, health is the reason why they're losing games because they were losing even whenever they had Harden. It's going to be tough. What if they start winning without James Harden? I mean, that'll be... I mean, I'm just saying... I mean, they were really, really good before they got him last year. Tyrese Maxey was looking good. Good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what's... What's going on? I don't think this is who they are. I still believe in their roster and everything. Um, obviously, they could lose you know, a good little chunk of games without Harden, but I like their roster a lot. I think when it's all said and done, they'll be top four team in the East. I'm a believer in them. A lot of it hinges on Embiid's health, obviously, but yeah, um, yeah I like them. I still like them. I don't think this is who they are. I agree. I mean, I don't think this is who they are. They have really good pieces and i think they just need to kind of find a way to get it together and they will yeah they for sure will it is weird that they don't play you say thibel or tybel i think it's thibel thibel they don't play him at all and that's just weird to me but i mean they might have to now without harden unless yeah, they're true. gonna yeah. ride niang which yeah. i mean he can shoot but yeah. uh yeah interesting times okay team that had probably the easiest opening seven game schedule of all time or at least projected to be the easiest opening seven-game schedule, but did not perform well in it at all. Um, I was very bullish on them. They did make a big change this summer, the Minnesota mm-hmm. Timberwolves. Through eight games, sitting at four and four. They played Milwaukee on Friday night. We got Anthony Edwards complaining about lack of space. We got Carl Anthony Towns complaining about Anthony Edwards' eating habits. <laughs> it's kind of weird. Wait, what? I, I have not this. heard this. I haven't either. Yeah, Kat said that, like, y'all think – he basically went into a press conference after they lost the game, and he's like, it's, y'all think it's, like, cute and funny whenever uh, Ant comes up here and talks about, like, eating Popeyes, but, like, you have to take care of your body. This is, this is professional basketball. Oh, crap. I didn't see this. I have yeah. not seen that. Yeah. I mean, that's real That's real king-ass yeah. calling out your own teammates. <laughs> wow. So, yeah, I mean, it's early. Wow. But – Jeez, you know. Did That's Ant- not a good look. <laughs> I mean, did anytime call you're calling, yeah. Wow. Well, Ant's complaining about spacing. Yeah. Their, I mean, it's their offense is way more clunky for me than I thought it would, it would be. And they just, it's the spacing stuff. 
I don't know if I just like brushed past that when I was because I was in favor of them too. They were my pick for the, the mm-hmm. sixth spot, but I think this could be who they are. And but this is still confusing for me too. I'm I'm kind of up in the air on them. Yeah, I still don't really know like what their identity is. I yeah. mean, going in there, we were like, is this the resurgence of like the two big lineups? And so far, not it is great. early. It's a it's huge early. change. It's a huge change for yeah. Towns have to make for Ant for D'Lo, all these guys, but. Dilo hasn't been pulling his own weight either. He's been yeah. he's been struggling. Yeah, and he's so a guy that really used to be a pretty key piece in yeah. this. So it's but it yeah. is it is early. It's early. Uh undefeated Milwaukee Bucks. Are they the best team in basketball? I think it's pr- I mean, at this point they're top six in both um limiting the number of restricted area attempts and also limiting the number of threes. Like they are They're so good. Unbelievably yeah. this good. This is who they are. This who, is this is one hundred percent. Who they are is such a good team. I've always been the biggest like Drew Holiday fan too. Like ever since he was with the Pelicans, like I've always and to see him on a team that is this good and like is has won a championship. Like it's it's so cool to see. Plus Giannis, such a fun dude. Like just seems like such a good dude. So you just want to see them do well. In their seven wins, their average margin of victory is eleven point three points. They're so beating the crap out of people. Yeah, yeah they're uh, they're winning and they're winning by a lot. This is who they are. I mean, who I, they are. If there's one team out there that you're the most confident they'll be in the finals, for me, it's Milwaukee. And winning without Middleton too, very impressive. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right, let's skip the Lakers. <laughs> it's who they are. <laughs> and uh, let's talk about. No, nobody talks about the it's Lakers. It's who they are. <laughs> the Dallas Mavericks. What are they though? <laughs> I know that. <laughs> it's more of like that question for them is. It's like, you know, you're asking, like, who are, you know, is this who you are? I still don't know if I, I got to know who the Mavs are right now. Um, yeah, I mean, what do y'all think? I'm I'm kind of with you. I'm still trying to figure it out. I um, I had put them in the top six. Yeah. Do you think that's who they are? Yeah, I, I do. But just because if, if you're guaranteeing a healthy Luka, yeah. then outside of, hey, the Luka show, brings your floor up really high right outside of that i'm still yeah. trying to figure it out because yeah i thought javel was going to be a good addition to this team in that 15 minute role mm-hmm. um is spencer denwitty going to continue being efficient is he going to be more aggressive um so yeah i, I think they're, they're a top six team what they're do you think they're four and three probably five and three after beating the raptors <laughs> thumping the raptors on <laughs> friday night but in all three losses they had a shot to win it at the buzzer Let's just wave your magic wand and Luca goes three for three on those shots and the Mavs are sitting here at seven and oh. Ooh. There's no shot we would say, yeah, this is who they are. <laughs> <They're> like, <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. You know, but there's also no shot that at four and three, I'm like, yeah, they're a 500 team. You know, the truth is somewhere in the middle. Yeah. They should probably, well, I mean, they should have beaten Phoenix and they should have beaten OKC. And so you can very convincingly say, they should be 6-1. and one. Mm-hmm. I would argue they were up 7 against the Pelicans. They probably should have won that game. Now, should they have beaten Brooklyn? I don't know. Like, So it's all, all, all of these games kind of go, I, I don't know. Bill Parcells always said, you are what your record says you are. I think they're way better than 4-3. and three. I don't think that they're as good as 6-1. and one. <laughs> I just think it's early. But I don't, you can't help but simultaneously feel like they've left meat on the bone. And also, if they had eaten all that meat, they'd just be punching way above their weight. It's really confusing. Yeah. Yeah. Is it just early? <laughs> like I think it's early. I mean, yeah, it, it's still early, and it's 
I mean, it's the Luca show. It's early. So it, it's outside of that. I think we just got to figure out how the pieces fit. You lose a guy like Brunson, it's going to take a little bit of time. We're seven games into a season without Brunson, who's been here for, you know, what, four years? Um, yeah. And played a big role in the playoffs. And so I still think they're trying to figure that out. But I think I still, I'm still confident that they're going to finish somewhere in that four to six, maybe seven range. Well, we'll see. We shall see. We'll learn more over the next week about this, uh, this bunch of confusing players. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Isaac? We now hand the floor to you for in the bonus. Let's do it. All right, so pet peeves. Do you all have a pet peeve? Give me a pet peeve. I have, I have several. <laughs> uh, my two biggest ones, whenever there's an empty road and someone turns right in front of you instead of into a different lane. Okay. And the other one is whenever someone is in front of you and slows down to make a turn without using their signal. So both driving. Use ones. your blinker. Yeah, but wow. Yeah. Use your blinker. Okay. They exist. I'll piggyback off that. I don't like it when people don't use their blinker and all of a sudden they're just like merging into your lane. But I also personally don't like if like you're just having a conversation with someone and they're constantly just like, yeah, but you know, and, and like just mm. like hit you with like the one up all the time. Yeah, mm. but I only actually, slept for four hours last night. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but I and I'm like, stop making it about yourself. Anyway. Okay, so one of my pet peeves is on the basketball court. And uh, so, you know, we all have things we don't like that happens. I'm going a little lighter, lighter note this week, but. Um, no chess? <laughs> no chess. Oh, <laughs> yeah, no, no chess. We oh, all have things goodness. we don't like on the basketball court, like flopping. You know, I don't think anybody's a big fan of flopping. Uh, maybe complaining to the refs. I don't know. Luca likes to do that. Uh, maybe the new, like, maybe the take foul, now that we have a rule for it and all of that. For me, I have this very defined pet peeve on, <laughs> on the basketball court that y'all can make fun of. I don't care. So let me set the scene. It's at the end of, like, the first, second, or third quarter. There's like 30-something seconds on the clock. Your team has the ball, and they come down, and it, it's the dang two-for-one. Mm. And when a team <laughs> Bobby's uh, like, Preach. when a team gives up an offensive possession just for the chance at a two-for-one, it kills me. It drives me nuts every time. When there's like 32 seconds on the clock, you know that they're eyeing the 24 seconds. They want the last shot in the quarter. And they come down, and they jack up some – 32 foot shot or they drive in they just they just very clearly launch a shot just to have the chance and here's my thing you give up an offensive possession just and you, there's not even a guarantee that you're going to get the ball back because like what if you foul the other team on the other end or what if they get an offensive rebound and then you don't even get the ball back and you just gave up an offensive possession but here's my only thing my other thing even if it all works out and you do get the ball back, and you do hit a shot at the buzzer, is it worth it? Is it worth the fact that you gave up an offensive possession, a dumb shot, basically just a turnover, for the chance that you made a shot at the buzzer? Cool. So my thing is, I think the two-for-one is overhyped. It drives me nuts. It's cool to see a buzzer beater, but if it comes at the cost of giving up an offensive possession, it drives me insane. Why do we do it? <sighs> Ran over. That was great. You hear that, that Lou good. Will? You hear that, Devin Harris? Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> but why? I just don't. Is it worth it? Is it that big of a deal to have think the of final all, possession? Think of all the things yeah. that have to go perfect for it to fully work out for you to give up some like a dumb possession. Especially because now more and more guys, and this isn't picking on Luca, but more and more guys wait until there's like 0.5 seconds left in the shot and they on, on the clock and they take like a step back three anyway. Yeah. So you're basically taking two bad shots. Yes. <laughs> for the price of one. 
So know that when next time this happens, just think of me in that moment that I am raging because I'm like, <laughs> why did you do this? Isaac is doing this in the press box. Oh, kills me. Ooh. Oh, the, what a great Passion. show. Okay. What a great ending on a high. I love it. Ending on a high. Uh, this is a fun episode. This is a fun yes. episode. Yeah, I think this was, this was one of our top five best shows so far. Yeah? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. This is Easy. episode like five this is of episode the corner five. three. Yeah. <laughs> um, we will be back with you next week and hopefully with some numbers on the boards with Skin Wade in addition to the corner three as always. So thank you for listening on 97.1 The Freak. Thank you for watching on the Mavs YouTube channel. Follow, subscribe, like, share, tell your friends, all that great stuff. And we'll be back with you next week Bye. on Studio 41 Radio.